Welcome to Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman, serial entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. Whether success for you is more money, time with your family, a healthy, well-balanced life, or freedom, I'm interviewing guests and getting you the advice to make it happen. So join me as we uncomplicate the complicated, help you define success, and give you the strategies to make it happen. Hi, and thank you for joining us today on the Success Is Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Portman. Joining me today is Bonnie Young. Bunny Young is a stunt woman turned third generation entrepreneur and a great, great friend of mine. Um, this has been a long, long time coming. So to start things off and to get get to know you, um, you know, we, we always start off the the show with what does success mean to you? So Bunny Young, what does success mean to you? I mean, I think success means honestly, like the past three minutes of our lives. Um, I've just found so much in my life, the more that I lean into myself and being authentic, the more energy I have and the more difference I can make in this world. So success to me means being able to wake up in the morning excited about the day and going to bed at night with a peaceful feeling of you've made a difference. So, and the more fun you can have in between those two points in your day, that's success. And I know I've shared with you is that, you know, I used to think success was the amount of commas in my bank account. And I spent a really long time chasing that until I realized that, you know, having a family and having all of these amazing material things with no time to enjoy them and no health to enjoy them with, that, that was not success. So I want, I want to get both sides to the coin because I really feel like that's important for people to know that I'm not just defining success for the sake of the podcast. I've lived this and this is, I'm trying to reduce your learning curve on um, whatever success. It's a very personal question means to you. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I think it, I think it can change over time too. And, um, you know, Something I will say about you that I've learned is you have such a network of, of people. And, you know, when I, when I talk to people about you, there's always like this excitement when they're talking about you, they're like, I love Bunny, you know, and there's like that, that um, charisma that comes with you. And I, I found that people that have that attractiveness to, to people and from all different types of people, they usually have a genuine quality about that right like this is me good bad and different you know this is just who who i am and um and and i would say that you at least from our interactions have that is that is that what you get from people as well yeah i think like i'm a huge fan of stories because i think that humans interact and pass down history in stories and so i just went to my one I, I have two best friends left over from middle school they're the only two female friends that have survived the decades since i've been to middle school and one got married last weekend and one i went you know um to the wedding with the reception with and from what you just said there's two interactions that happened in a matter of hours one is my best friend had been asking me for a week what are you going to wear like, what, what, what are you going to wear to this wedding? What are you going to wear to the reception? And Phil, like, it was in California, so I had packed what I had packed. And so she's asking me this, and I'm, like, pulling out drawers in the hotel room, in the bathroom, and all this kind of stuff. She's like, what are you looking for? I was like, all the Fs that I give about what I'm going to wear to this <laughs> And I literally haven't found any. Yeah. And then, you know, and she was just kind of rolling her eyes because it's, it, to me the experience of being there was 
what I wanted to focus on, not worried about what I looked like. And I packed, I genuinely had already packed clothes with the intention of being comfortable and also what I had already decided on wearing, you know, around that day, but I wasn't putting so much onus on it. And the second thing is, is that when we got there, there were a ton of people from middle school and high school and my best friend's family that I'd known for years. And I was having conversation after conversation. And my other best friend was like, who are these people? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really remember the names. I just, you know, they, to your point, it was like a magnetism Mm -hmm. and I'm not great with names. Like I'm not great with remembering certain details for anybody listening to this. Phil knows I was in a car accident and I have a TBI. And so even though I eat business for breakfast and technology for lunch, and I'm an incredible businesswoman, sometimes those details escape me, but it didn't change the fact that every interaction that I had was genuine because I was in that moment with that person. I wasn't sitting there worrying about like, what are they going to think of me that I can't remember their name, or I don't remember the particular story that they were telling me. And so it was just so good. And my best friend was like, well, that's because you were popular in middle school and in high school. And that's not how I remember it. I don't remember necessarily being popular. I just remember having a lot of care for a lot of different people. And to this day, you know, if I were to go to a class reunion, as I I just said, I literally have two friends, two female friends from middle school and high school that I would still consider like friends and I've shown up at my high school reunion and everybody's like, oh, hey, you know, it's you. And it's like, that's such a great feeling to just walk around the world with is just being honestly excited to spend time with people that you enjoy spending time with and not having to, I think the more judgment and the more stress we put on how we're showing up and also spending the time judging that person. Are you the same person you were in high school or middle school? Cause like, I, I don't think I am. Uh, it, it was just a really good 12 hour experiment of being a human and being like, I don't really care what I'm going to wear because that would infer that I care what somebody else thinks about my outfit yeah. and to just interact with these people who have known me for, you know, 25 years and just have it be a positive experience. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I love what you said too, because, uh, about not thinking about what they're thinking about you the entire time, just being in the moment. And that's a part that, you know, and I'm guilty of it too, right? As I'm sitting there trying to manage a situation so much that I'm probably doing the exact opposite because I'm, I'm putting all my brain power and effort towards something that really is irrelevant, probably doesn't even matter, right? Yeah. Instead of yeah. just being there in the moment and just being human with a bunch of other humans, you know, there at the same time, so... Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like uh, not being in authentic human interaction. You know, I it, <laughs> I was standing with my mom and uh, I had asked somebody a question. I had asked this woman a question about her car. She answered the question and then she kind of went on a tangent about other materialistic things. And my mom, after the fact, was like, do you realize you stopped making eye contact and you just started like you were just somewhere else? And I was like, well, she answered my question. And then she was just, it felt like she was talking to kind of make herself look good. And I I guess instinctively, I was no longer interested in that. And my body just kind of reacted to that. And it wasn't conscious. Like I wasn't ignoring her. And my mom's like, well, you know, it, 
it kind of appeared rude. And I said, that wasn't my intention. And thank goodness that my body just kind of took over and preserved to your point, that brain power that I can now use. How much energy have we spent in the past 10 minutes on this zoom call, just interacting. And I don't know, I can speak for myself, but this authentic interaction gives me energy versus if you wanted to talk to me about all of the features of like your brand new, like Lamborghini. Yeah. I don't know that it would be the same yeah. kind of energy. We live on dirt roads. So there's zero chance of me ever having a Lamborghini or any sort of sports car. But um, no, you, so I read this book called Lying. Have you ever heard of it? Yes. Yes. And and that like kind of it kind of reminded me of that because it, it talks about um, being like genuine and how people will often lie. And it's almost like this like Instagram profile, right? Where you're like, this is how I am. My world is perfect and stuff like that. And not only does it make the other people around you feel terrible, but it's, it, I mean, it's a lie and, and people can pick up on that and know that it's not genuine versus having genuine interactions. Whereas the opposite is actually true, right? Um, I think of the most charismatic people and it comes back from like the Dale Carnegie uh, days of the people's favorite word is their own name, right? People mm-hmm. love feeling good about themselves. And if you are making yourself look better than everyone else like at your you know class reunion then you're ultimately trying to make the other person look worse and that's not an interaction that people want to be want to be a part of right yeah yeah and it's 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 also let me do this experiment with you guys that are listening is you know take out a piece of paper and in the categories of like light of like health and work and maybe intimacy and parenting and wealth whatever your categories are just pick five or six and imagine i call this like the wheel of life i didn't make it up but i can't give the person credit because i don't remember who they are right now they i mean i did not go to middle school with them i can tell you that much but the the center being zero and like draw an imaginary circle that's like 10 and like what phil just said of like if you're lying to yourself and saying like i'm all tens that's not really an authentic way to live your life and i'm not having you draw this wheel of life and there's actually a whole youtube video on it on my youtube page if i'm not doing an adequate job of of describing that we can put it in the show notes if phil wants um But when you you draw the lines out and maybe you're at a four on health, maybe you're at an eight on wealth, maybe you're at a two on intimacy, you can literally connect those dots of the spokes of the wheel and see how your wheel is actually functioning. And I encourage you to do this not to feel bad about yourself, but to be honest with yourself in the areas that you want to put energy. Because I think a lot of people, when we're thinking about success, put a whole lot of energy into wealth into money, into finances at the expense of these other spokes of life. And so success to me is being able to have that wheel of life that's well-rounded. And I had a really smart client be like, well, if I'm at all threes, Bunny, like my wheel's rounded. And yes, and we've all seen like, if you take tiny short steps, how much more energy and time and effort it takes for us to get somewhere versus when we're at all tens. And the ironic thing, being at a 10, Phil, I don't know where you would say you are on a scale of one to 10, but being at a 10 in my life, the first thing that happened when I got to a 10 was I tried to look for an 11. (laughs) That was honest to goodness, the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened was that I realized that being at a 10 
meant welcoming in the threes, the fours, the fives, all those experiences in my life and knowing that I'm not good because I'm at a 10. I'm a good because of the journey that I've honored and welcomed and taken and those experiences. And heaven forbid I ever end up back at a one. You and I have talked about this all the time. If you took all of our money, our house, our houses, our cars, any anything that you would think is like successful or external or wealth or whatever it is, you took that all away from us and put us in the middle of Times Square, Phil and I would have no problem creating another business and getting right back to where we were, if not even better. And so that's to me being at a 10 is like not fear of losing it, but owning that journey on that wheel of life. And then really being honest with yourself in those areas, because if you're telling somebody else I'm at a 10, but they're watching your wheel limp down the road, it's very obvious you're not at a 10 and that impacts your character and it impacts how other people perceive you. The other thing I'll say about being a 10 is it's really hard or difficult when you walk around and you're telling people that you're at a 10 to then ask for help because they think you're good. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm at a 10, I'm at a 10 because I have amazing friends like Phil and like some of the other people that we share in common that he had referred to earlier that help me make 10 a lot simpler than it was when I was trying to get to a 10 by myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, so I think, you know, a common theme that, that's come through in the podcast is the importance of getting a coach, getting a mentor, you know, in different areas of your life. And the, and the first part is, is self-reflection. Um, in your life, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and, and your experience with coaches, mentors, uh, people who have really helped you and impacted your life along the way? Oh my gosh. I definitely would not be where I am right now if it wasn't for, and I'll be honest with everybody listening to this. I probably at this point invested over a quarter of a million dollars, maybe even more into coaching and personal development. Um, and I'm not saying go stroke that check. And I'm, and if you're listening to that number being like, oh my gosh, like my first personal development was probably like $197. And it's the act of doing it. So what happened is that I met a coach and I was like, I can't afford it. And my coach at that time said, I want you to write down and add up all of the self-study courses that you have bought. And then tell me how many you've honestly finished. And I'm the kind of person that I'll finish the course, but I don't actually implement it. Or I'm listening to the videos at two times in order to like click complete and so when I did the math, I had actually invested more than working with a coach on like all of these. I kind of went like 10% in and 10% in and 10% in instead of 100% in. And so one of my very first coaches, I'm a retired therapist. And one of my very first coaches that I hired when I retired from being a therapist was 25K. I took out a loan. I do not recommend this. This is not financial advice. We're going to cover our butts on this podcast. And I didn't tell my husband and it was to find out what to put on my business card, because now that I wasn't bunny young therapist, what was I? And I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, and yeah. after six, crisis, huh? Oh yeah. And, and I had put all my worth in the basket of job and title. title. Right. And so at the end of the six months, what was on my business card was my name, bunny young. Like, and yeah. I don't regret a single dime in that. And so, you know, I, I have 
a million stories that I could tell you about the value of investing in yourself. I'm going to tell you, you should never, ever, 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 ever pay a coach. You should invest in yourself. And if you go at it with the mentality of, hey, Phil, are you going to coach me? Are you going to guarantee this? I'm going to give you, you know, 25 grand for six months of coaching. You're going to guarantee I'm going to get this. And so, you know, I'm paying my coach for this. That mindset is not going to give you as much as I'm making a $25,000 investment in myself because I can tell you the coach that I paid was that coach necessarily worth a, you know, a $25,000 coach? No. But to invest in myself for six months and really show up 100% was worth a hundred times that. And so, you know, mentors as well, if you're not at a place, there's so many free uh, mentors that are available through different entrepreneurial programs or different business programs. So like small business association and all of that kind of stuff. And my first, one of my first mentors is the one who actually was my supervisor becoming a therapist. And when I told her I wanted to quit being a therapist, she paired me up with another mentor who ended up setting me on this consulting and coaching and all of this kind of stuff path. And so it's mentorship and coaching helps you learn more about yourself, reduce your learning curve and spend less time in that and less money and energy in that land of unknown and it accelerates your results. So your highest return on investment is always going to be you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you think it was the hiring the coach was, it was kind of forcing you to actually implement something though? Oh uh, yeah. Cause I think about like guitar lessons or something and like, yeah, I could take all these guitar, like get all these courses online or read all these books or whatever. But if I actually pay for a tutor, I'm actually going to go through it and stick with it. So that's, I'm assuming probably the same for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. When, when you are investing, there's three areas that is a true and honest investment, time, energy, and money. In, if you invest all three of those things, you move the needle. That's why those free masterclasses and all of that kind of stuff doesn't normally move the needle because maybe you're investing time, maybe you're investing some energy, but you're not necessarily investing the money with your guitar lessons, you're paying for them. Yeah. So you're investing the money, you're investing the time in the lesson, but not necessarily the energy to practice in between consistency and community are the two biggest accelerators to my success. Yeah, you got some skin in the game in that, in that point. Oh, absolutely. And I've, I've attended retreats and I've paid coaches where, you know, I remember I was sitting in a masterclass and it, it was fairly recently. And so it was a pretty high ticket masterclass. And the woman sitting next to me is like, I got nothing out of this. And I was thinking to myself, I have never signed up. And this is actually something that one of yeah. my coaches said, I've never signed up for anything yeah. and paid and got nothing out right, of it. Right. That's on you. Yeah, absolutely. That's not on the person presenting. Yeah. I went to conferences that had nothing to do with like my industry or anything. And I sat in on some of the, like the, the classes and stuff at them. And I got a ton out of them. Like I, I walked away and, and, and I was like, man, that was actually really good. There was big parts of it that weren't applicable to me, but yeah, I, I'd be shocked to go to a conference. And, and I, I think that always get to your mindset that you go into is just yeah. this thing. I'm not going to get anything out of this. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, you know, a part of this, but I just spent the summer with my kiddos, my husband's in the military. And so um, we can't really travel with him for extended periods of time because of his work. And so since he's deployed right now, I decided to take an extended vacation with the kiddos and we were in Europe and three different times my flight got canceled because I have a really large service animal. And so three separate times we got denied boarding and I was sitting there and I was frustrated and all this kind of stuff. We get on our flight, we finally get on our flight. And I had been thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful? This was literally my thought like an hour before I got on my flight. Wouldn't it be wonderful if I just had access to like a private pilot with a private plane and no matter where I wanted to go or no matter like um, what my disability was, because there's other individuals that have disabilities that, you know, have this access or need this access. Wouldn't it be wonderful if I just had a pilot in a plane and I could go anywhere? And I kid you not, I sit down on the plane and I'm flying to Amsterdam. I'm flying from like, here's a geography lesson. I'm flying from Edinburgh, Scotland to Amsterdam to fly to Dublin, Ireland. Hmm. So, yes. Oh yeah. It works like this because the person that was two seats away from me is a private pilot that has a like a group of CEOs that lease one plane and she flies for them all year long. And just to put it in perspective, like the, the lease, like the annual lease for the plane between all of these CEOs, granted, it's like a timeshare. You got to plan it and all that kind of stuff is about $14,000, which is way, it's about as much as I spend. I don't know how much you spend, but I spend annually on airfare. Yeah, absolutely you know, for our family. And yep. when you're getting a, a plane, like when you're getting that kind of like, a, a, you know, eight seat or 10 seat or whatever it is, it, <laughs> I was like, this could actually be cheaper. And so at the end of the day, like you're never being put, uh, I'm going to back out of that. Here's the, here is my truth is that everything is happening for me. Mm-hmm. Whether I deem it as good or whether I deem it as bad is just how I'm choosing to experience it. And so even if you're going through a conference when you're like, that was the worst speaker in the world, I've literally looked at like lighting structures and, you know, thought about like different pieces of technology and like speakers to get for podcast interviews and videos and all that kind of stuff. So when you open up your mind to this is happening for me and you're very clear on your vision, you don't wait for somebody to give you your assigned vision. You're clear on your vision and you understand it's happening for you. On a flight to Amsterdam, you're going to meet a private pilot that for some reason is flying on a commercial airline that has this lease with all these other entrepreneurs to a plane. Yeah. And it can happen that fast. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think it's a difference too when you're actively looking, you know, for that as well. And, um, you know, I was talking with uh, my partner over in India um, about that. And he goes, I don't know what it is, he said, but I... I say, you know, we need a we need a bigger office. We're talking about it. He goes, I walk out of the office and into the stairwell, and there's a piece of paper advertising exactly what we need. And he goes, it's just the weirdest thing. He goes, it happens all the time. And I was like, you know, that's a perfect example of it, you know. And he's a positive outlook, you know, type person where he's just looking for it and almost expects it to be delivered to him. And yeah. it does. Yeah. And that's, that's the energy though. How, even if it doesn't happen immediately, what kind of energy do you want to walk around life with? 
Yeah. Like the woe is me or, you know, just the, this, of course, this is going to happen for me. Like, don't be surprised when life happens for you, because I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that we live in a world that wants the best for us, because that's how the world ends up thriving and evolving and succeeding is if we lived in a world where everything was just, you know, going to fall to pieces, like the world and the energy in the world work that way, the world wouldn't have survived this long. And you can make so many arguments about, you know, ozone and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm going to ask you, if you think about those situations, were those people doing what was best for humanity or were those people doing what was best for their bank accounts? Absolutely. So something you've talked about is, you know, and this is kind of your your motto is that you want to make the world a better place, one client at a time, right? You've got like a mission statement like that. And, you know, something I found through a lot of these conversations with different successful people is they all kind of have that big purpose. And it's that thing that they're, um, you know, that helps them make decisions, right? You think about like the farther you look out on the horizon, the easier it is to steer, steer the course. And, the thing I find time and time again with people that are struggling in life and sometimes making very poor decisions is they don't have that direction. They don't have that purpose. And um, what advice do you have for people like trying to figure out where they want to go with their life, where they want to steer their ship, especially when everything going on right now is actively changing, the environment's changing, COVID, we're talking about uh, recessions, all sorts of different things. In a chaotic world, you know, it, it potentially is a good time for someone to take a reset in their life. What would you tell them for, you know, how do they choose that path and de define what that purpose should be? Being a third generation entrepreneur, I, I want to first talk about recession. So you just talked about big picture. If you look at the big picture of the last hundred years, recessions, economic recessions are inevitable. It, it's like a roller coaster ride. So you know, you listen to the news and the news, if the news was reporting, oh my gosh, this roller coaster is going downhill again, and then it's going uphill again, you would not be surprised. And that is yet economics 101. Mm -hmm. And so heading into a recession, we are never going to be in a world where we don't have recessions. Contractions and expansions are a part of evolution, whether it's in financials or whether it is in population or whether it is in medicine, anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. And so just take, take that into account as far as big picture, it, depending on how long you've been on this planet, you've probably experienced at least three, possibly four major, major recessions. Mm -hmm. Now, why is each recession bigger than the last? Because there's more money and more capital in the world. When we took away the gold standard in 1970s, like there's more zeros and ones in the world. We just were able to make that. So sorry, economics lesson. Like I'm a total geek. And yes, I'm a tech geek, but I'm a total economics geek as well. And it serves you to some aspect to have an, an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And so with the recession, people's pain points may shift, but they're not going to go away. And so if you own a business or if you're working for a company and you can really get clear on those pain points, you'll be fine. There's my recession 101. Same thing with a purpose. Come back to your big picture. If you're focused on the recession of today, if you're focused on COVID, if you're focused on that recovery, 
as a retired therapist, what I'm going to tell you to do is imagine that there's this dial of noise in your life. We have it all between, I mean, my notifications are turned off on my computer. My phone's on airplane mode. I know yours is. Um, And so as much as you can dial down the noise, because your voice, your inner voice is inside of you. Mm-hmm. Remember that when you were three years old and you ran into the door frame, you didn't stop and turn around to see who saw it and if they were going to laugh at you. You just kept going. You had a purpose then. You have a purpose now. So turn down the noise on the people that you think are looking at you and judging you and, you know, going to laugh if you run into that door frame and start to really tune in to that purpose. If you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't be here. Right. Truly and, and honestly, if you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't be here. You're here to fulfill a purpose and you're here to serve that purpose. And do I have a magic formula on how to find that purpose? I don't truly believe that. I, I think that some people are very, very clear on their one purpose. And I can say for me, after being diagnosed with a heart condition and then getting in a really severe car accident and having a TBI, being able to have the lens of le- at least of, like you said, to make the world a better place helps me in my guiding force going forward. Now, how I do that through the companies that I start or through being a mom or through, you know, rooting for the Indianapolis Colts or the Chicago Bears, like whatever it is, I'm rooting for the Chicago Bears is purely a charity event at this point. So, you know, like that's the, that's the kind of thing that people get stuck even starting on their purpose because they think that it has to be something you'd be willing to go to a tattoo parlor and get tattooed. Yeah, It's okay if your purpose today is to just go to sleep with a peaceful feeling. It's okay if your purpose for today is to get your inbox down to, you know, 50 emails. If that sounds overwhelming, then go with like 500. You can pick your daily purpose and then guess what? Those days add up to weeks, those weeks add up to years and that adds up to a legacy. And then when that room is full of people that love you and adored being a part of your life, that's the legacy that they'll talk about. Not the person sitting in the chair, not getting started, wondering what their purpose was. Hmm. No, I love it. Uh, you know, and, and you kind of went back full circle there on the authenticity piece, right? When you spend so much time lying to other people and trying to be this thing that you are, you start wondering who you are inside your head, right? Um, I've always thought lying in general is kind of a slippery, slippery slope. You know, if you're, if you're doing it in one aspect of your life, it's carrying all over the place. And sometimes just putting yourself out there and saying, like, this is who I am, good, bad, what, indifferent. And, uh, and then just listening to who you are and what's important to you and what you want to be, regardless of what others think of you, is the first step towards figuring out what that purpose is. Very yeah. well. Yeah. And, and if you're like still like Phil and Bunny, like I have no idea what my purpose is, go ahead and write down live my life on purpose. And that will be your first step. And so instead of figuring out how to live your purpose, live your life on purpose, meaning like with an intention. When you get out of the bed in the morning, decide I'm going to put my left foot down or my right foot down. Because the first step to really 
having an impact and making some changes in your life is awareness. A lot of people think it's action, but it's actually awareness. And so if you start to live life aware and with intention and on purpose, you become more aware of what your purpose is. Wow. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Bunny, for everyone listening out there. How do they get a hold of you? How do they follow you and stay in contact with you? You definitely need to text Phil directly and he will. (laughs) Call me. We'll post my number on here. Yeah. I know I'm going to rent one of those airplanes to, uh, you know, like fly through Santa Monica with your um, cell phone number. Um, That's an issue. I literally never answer my phone ever. Like uh, texting is probably the best way to ever get a hold of me because I know I don't answer phone calls. You guys are so like lucky and I'm so blessed to be sharing the behind the scenes of this friendship with you guys because um, we share so much in common. So the, the cell phone joke I'll tell you is because I like, I don't give my, my cell phone number to anybody. Um, and I, Phil and I just, you know, ended up with that same common thing that we don't really give our cell phones to anybody. There's, there's our email, but Phil knows even my email has an autoresponder. So the best way that you can actually get a hold of me, if you listen to this and you're like, I genuinely want to have a conversation with Bunny, it's on Instagram and my Instagram handle, it'll be in the show notes, but it's Bunny has six legs. You probably can't see this, but our buddy got this for me. It says Bunny has six legs on it. You can't see it. He shouldn't, he should have done better branding. We're going to have to, we're going to have to yell at Damon about that. Um, But Bunny has, and then the number six legs, and you can remember that because I have a service animal. And if you listen to this and you're like, I just want to get started, there is a ton, a ton, a ton of free resources for work-life alignment, for finding your purpose, clarity assessment on abetterplaceconsulting.com. And you'll go under free stuff, couldn't have made it any clearer. And there's a ton of free stuff there that you can just go ahead and get started right after listening to this. So abetterplaceconsulting.com or on Instagram at Bunny has the number six legs. Great. Well, thank you so much, Bunny. And thank you everyone for listening to the Success Is podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Well, thank you guys for watching today. Be sure to like and subscribe for more future episodes of Success Is podcast. If you have any suggestions, please comment below. Look forward to seeing you next time.